0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. We can't give him this much power in the cartoon world. The podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast that I would you know advance to the next level and we're podcasting and photographizing in front of the great. the worst gigs of their life are, are because the, of marbles <laughs> anyone want a husband free free to a home oh, now it doesn't even have to be a good home just free to a home ladies and gentlemen andre the giant would like to do his impression of willie nelson suck yourself dry Please. Let me Is this just fantasy? Come on! Caught in a landslide. The way. escape from reality. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Too late. Open the gate! My time is Was this a uh, cheerleading trials? Hi, boys. Goodbye, everybody. Deadshot. Guy shoots people. He's a crocodile. And he eats people, he burns people. You're possessed by a witch. And she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. This is the deal You're going somewhere very bad Whoa Do something that'll get you killed Let's go save the world I can't wait to show you my toys Let's do something fun <laughs> you people. We're bad guys. It's what we do. Really to me. But I just thought it was kind of shitty, you know, that they dropped that second trailer or that third trailer, because I'm like, you know what? Up until that point, it was kind of ambiguous. Like who's the bad guy, you know, who are they chasing, who, you know, dies early, who makes it further in the film, and it's all that kind of stuff, and that just, for me, gave away a lot too much, so, and obviously, the reviews are all coming in for Suicide Squad before today's premiere, and they're all pretty bad, saying that, you know, it's a jumbled film, uh, you know, the, it's hard to follow and, um, you know, there's not much cohesion to it and, and this, that, and the other thing. And, and, uh, and I, I'm wondering how many times in the film we'll hear them say, we're the bad guys. Like we get it. Okay. You're not heroes. You're, you're villains forced to be heroes. We get it. You know? Anyways, I I was talking on an earlier podcast, too, that I just, I find it stupid and kind of shitty that Marvel seems like they're kind of keeping this whole cohesion of the movies and the TV shows. We'll have to see if they keep it up with the Marvel stuff, if they ever cross over Daredevil and Luke Cage and uh, the Punisher and stuff, and if they use... Uh, the characters from the TV shows and the movies, you know, obviously they're doing uh, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The TV stuff <coughs> is the the movie guys, and they go back and forth, which I think is a good idea. I think it's kind of a shitty idea that DC, with how much success that uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Flash, and now Supergirl have had on TV, that they just kind of like, you know, tell them to go fuck themselves and recast the whole thing, you know, it's it's kind of a shitty move, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see, I'm excited to go in and see this movie, even if it's a giant fucking turd, um, it's still Suicide Squad, it's still a comic book movie, and and I think afterwards my review of the movie will, uh, will be better than some, because... I'm, I'm the guy off the street that doesn't know much about the actual comic book lineage. I just enjoy the movies and I enjoy the storylines and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll give you a, a real everyday man type of review and, and hopefully you can take that and decide if you want to go see the movie. So uh, I'm here at the theater, so I'm going to head in and watch this movie and then afterwards I will give you a detailed review, my friends. See you on the other side. Gentlemen, ladies, what if Superman had decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the oval office? Who would have stopped him? <laughs> I want to build a team of some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. What? what This is the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You got a boyfriend? You irritate or vex me. Known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. You don't me. They get caught, we throw them under the bus. Don't never what a ride! Let's play. Come on, got some better go. <laughs> in I love this guy. Oh It. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. How you sweet talking me? All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. The, the back is ready to crack I want to see some. Yes, I want to see some. I was just trying to get you there. No hard feelings, right? We good. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I? Twelve. How about you, hot stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. All right. So I just got back from watching Suicide Squad. And my first impressions of the film... I liked it. I did. Um, It is a little bit incoherent. Um, There are some plot lines that don't necessarily make sense. Um, But we can get into that. Uh, You know, the first act is pretty slow, but that's kind of obvious. They're trying to set up all the characters, and obviously if you haven't seen the film yet, uh, there'll probably be some spoilers in here. If you don't want to know, listen to this after you see the movie. I'll give you 30 seconds to turn this off. 30 seconds seems like a long time, so... I think you've probably decided at this point whether you're going to listen or not. Okay. Um, I was right, first of all. The third trailer was a stupid idea uh, because it did give away at least two or three of the major plot points. Um, The Enchantress is the big bad, kind of. It's her and her brother who are like ancient witches who are... uh, basically trying to destroy earth and uh they don't necessarily explain why um i think one of the biggest plot deficits in the movie is so the enchantress is a bad guy well they're all bad guys and how many more fucking times can they say we're the bad guys we're the bad guys it's like we get it. I think they said it a hundred times in the movie, alright? You're not the heroes, you're the bad guys, you're being forced to be the good guys, you'll never be the good guys, you're just the bad guys. I get it, okay? Um, so when we first meet the Enchantress, she is technically working for Argus, but she is kind of a slave because they, they have her heart. So basically the, the breakdown is this, this chick fell into a hole, accidentally broke this thing, and then this spirit took over her body and now they kind of share the same body. That's the whole Enchantress thing. And I, I will say one of the coolest effects that they had in the movie was when the lady um, calls forth the Enchantress. Um, she's like, Enchantress. Um, They show her hand on the table and, like, this spooky dead hand, like, grips her hand and flips it upside down and then now she's the Enchantress. Um, So they have her heart in this, like, steel case that's got security and since they have her heart, they're, uh, they're able to um control her kind of see that's my problem with the plot point is like they have her heart and supposedly they're able to control her and they'll do anything she'll do anything they say and so uh at one point you know her and Rick Flag are like a couple they're in love uh he's not in love with the witch uh he's in love with the lady but, like, at some point she just leaves and finds her brother who's, like, locked up in a different stone statue and she releases him and he starts wreaking havoc on the subway system and that's kind of how the whole thing starts. Um. But that's my biggest thing is, like, they have her heart, they're controlling her and then later on they take her there to where the they i guess they don't realize that she is this guy's sister so they take her there to stop whatever he's doing and then they've got some kind of bomb that they want her to take to him and kill him so there's like this pivotal moment where rick flag like he he sets the bomb and he's like go take this bomb and go blow this guy up. And... She double-crosses him and and just leaves. And basically, like, rejoins with her brother. And... Uh, they go and... I'm trying to remember how... Because it's like, she disappears. And then... They still have her heart. And they could uh, kill her, but they don't, maybe, uh, I don't know, it's just so confusing, because it's like, I don't know if they, uh, anyways, um, so they, they get the team together, and, um, this guy ends up, um, what the hell was I talking about, oh, okay, so, they get the team together, you know, they go, and they, they pick all the bad guys they're gonna make good, and they put the bombs in their heads, and then they make the decision that they're gonna, like, send them out there to take on this big bad thing, um, and then you realize, uh, So Slipknot isn't really in the beginning part, and he just kind of shows up. But as soon as I saw him, I was like, well, he's dead in like five minutes. And that's pretty much what happened. Like, they got out into the field, and Captain Boomerang's like, these bombs aren't real. They're just trying to, like, make us think that they're real. At the first chance I get, I'm going to just roll out of here, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he makes Slipknot kind of you know, believe what he's saying, and then Slipknot. It's like, well, let me get the fuck out of here. So he leaves, and then Rick Flag blows his head off, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, these are real." So, you know, it's just like they find out that they're not actually going in there to kill whatever the big bad thing is; they're just going there to extract this very special person. Like and they don't know who the very special person is, and you know they risk their lives to get there, and then they find out that it's just Amanda Waller that's locked up in some building. Um, you know, in the first, the first and second act of the movie, they they kind of drag. I mean, there's not much to it. I will say that the third act of the film kind of saves it a little bit. I mean, the first. The second actor are, are pretty much carried by harley quinn and and rick flag there's a lot of flashbacks to how harley quinn got with the joker and like a lot of cool cameos you see batman and flash shows up and um there's some cool stuff going on but it's all kind of jumbled up you know it's just like and then they have the uh the bar scene where they're all trying to be jokey but sassy. and I will say this. uh, The guy who plays El Diablo and Will Smith literally lift this movie onto their back and carry it through the third act. I mean, those two guys just shine in that third part of the movie. And it's like, you get to the point where you're just like, Really cheering for El Diablo and Deadshot. You're just like this is really cool shit. There was actually a scene Just before They decide that they're gonna go and actually help Rick flag um, Cuz you know they find out later on that uh, That he was dating the enchantress and she got away from him, and she's causing all this shit, and, and he was kind of keeping that under wraps, because he didn't want them to know that it was his chick, and his problem, and so he comes in the bar, and he, like, breaks the thing that sets off the bombs in their heads, and he's like, you guys can leave if you want to, I don't care, and they literally almost get up and leave, and then, um, deadshot, like, grabs him and he's, like, kind of shaking him, telling him he's an asshole, blah, blah, blah. And then Rick Flagg is, like, he opens a pocket in his jacket and he says, uh, your daughter writes you every day. Every day. And Will Smith's, like, flipping through all the letters and he's, like, you had these fucking things the whole time? And that's another weird plot point. Like, instead of, like, shooting this guy in the head... For holding on to his daughter's letters and not giving them to him. He does like a 180, and he's like, he goes, I'm going to, uh, oh, that, that's why he does the 180. <laughs> because they show a flashback where Batman grabs Deadshot and he's with his daughter, and she's like pleading with him to not kill Batman and just kind of go quietly, and, um,. There's some really cheesy-ass parts of the movie. Like, it's at one point, they're, like, walking down the street, and Will Smith sees, like, a family of mannequins in the window, and the little girl mannequin is, like, wearing his daughter's jacket, and he gets, like, a tear in his eye. It's like, come on. Um, but no, he gets the letters, and he starts flipping through them, and then he decides that he wants to go and save the day so that his daughter will know that he's not an asshole um, and it's just like a really powerful scene, it actually brought some tears to my eyes, you know, having two daughters that kind of hit close to home, you know, he was like I'm gonna get you there, and this is gonna be some biblical shit they're gonna talk about this till the end of days, and you know, it's one of those classic movie scenes where they're like you know, indeed sir the last ride of wide Earp and his immortals, you know And (laughs) we can talk about Killer Croc for a little bit. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I haven't read most of the source material, or any of the source material for these movies. Um, But I'm not exactly sure why they made Killer Croc like a black stereotype. Just because a black guy is playing Killer Croc. I don't know if they necessarily had to make him a black guy. Like a ghetto black guy um, I don't really get that part of it um, the the guy who plays the uh, uh, the head guard at the prison he's probably the funniest guy in the whole movie and i'm I'm wondering if they expanded his scenes in the movie when they decided that they needed to have more humor in it because he's like he's in a lot of comedies, and he does really, like, I think the last two movies he did were Neighbors and Neighbors 2, um, but he's been in a ton of stuff, and he's very funny, um, but I feel like they might have expanded his scenes when they were like, we need to get more comedy in here, um, Captain Boomerang, like, one of my favorite characters in the movie, he's just fucking hilarious, I just like that actor, I feel like he was in, uh, Jack Reacher, and he played, uh, the bad guy in that movie that, uh, was pr- protecting the Sec. but, uh, Harley Quinn, I, I thought she did a really good job as Harley Quinn, um, I'm not gonna complain at how much we got to see her ass, um, but, it just seemed a little gratuitous and uh I felt like I was watching a Russ Meyer film after a while. It was just like, there's her ass, there's her ass. oh, there's her ass again, you know um and let's talk about the Joker for a second. What the fuck um yeah uh i I love jared leto i I think he's very good, and most of the stuff that he does i'm not exactly sure if he hit the mark on this but here's my thing like i wonder if they because he's hardly in the movie by the way um he does a couple flashback scenes he does a post credit scene um and then there's like a point in the movie where like he's on a helicopter and it blows up and then we don't see him for like two and a half fucking hours like where did he go and then he just shows up after the credits to break Harley Quinn out of the out of the prison. You're like, well, where the shit did you go, you know? But there's a theory, and I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, that there's a theory floating around that Jared Leto is not the real Joker. Um, that he is actually like the second Joker uh, who was created out of uh, beatings and torture um, that he's actually Batman's old Robin and I gotta tell you if that comes out to be true um, in Ben Affleck's kind of origin story Batman movies that he's making I think that would be a cool idea because the things that they point to as to saying that he's not the real Joker um, you know For 50-50, like, he's got a tattoo on his forehead that says damaged, a J under his eye, a robin on his shoulder. He's got Joker all over himself with ha-ha. It's like, if, first of all, if you were the Joker, why would you need Joker tattooed on yourself to remind yourself that you're the Joker? Um, And then he's got this tattoo on his hand that's a laughing mouth. So he just, like, puts it over his mouth or he puts it over other people's mouths and it just looks like a laughing mouth. I don't know who came up with that, but it's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And he's playing this, like, almost like a kingpin character. uh, As more of not, like, a joker, like, trying to wreak havoc and stuff. He's like this crime lord guy. Um, It just was an odd play on that point and he seems so obsessed with harley quinn like getting back with her and making sure that she's safe and stuff it just seems like an odd position for the real joker to take you know it seems like something you know somebody that had been put through trauma and beaten and stuff and he kind of was made into this like second joker Um, and then he goes and does the exact same thing to Harley Quinn, he, like, beats her and tortures her until her mind breaks, and then she becomes kind of, like, beholden to him, you know, it just, uh, it's kind of an interesting idea to think about, um, with all the same shit that they do over and over, I will say this, the movie's very different from any other, uh, DC movie that I've seen, um. I just... I I think it was cool. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to see it in the theater. Um, I just think it missed the marks on a lot of things. You know, people have just lambasted this movie. And I don't know if it deserves all of the bad press that it got. Um, it definitely deserved some. I do kind of feel bad for Jared Leto. I mean, he really, like, fucking immersed himself into that Joker role. And he's barely in the movie i mean and that somebody had said you know um if you didn't know the joker's backstory like and you went into the movie and you were like who the fuck is this joker guy um you know it would be tough but it's like joker is like one of those guys that even somebody off the street kind of knows his backstory like i wear you know crazy makeup and he's a psychopath and he's always like trying to get batman and all this kind of stuff so it's like he's probably the only villain in the history of like comic books that everybody kind of knows his backstory so you don't necessarily need to show that setup but it was just you know kind of odd it was like here's here's the joker he's just fucking crazy and he's a crime boss and he's shooting the game in the head and it's just like (laughs) I don't know I, uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet uh, I've probably ruined a shit ton of it for you um, if you have seen the movie maybe you agree, maybe you disagree with some of the points um, you could definitely leave me a comment on Facebook or Twitter let me know what you think and uh, check out my website, largedrunkman.com I just updated uh, a ton of new dates for the fall and winter if I'm coming near you make sure you come out and see my live show it's a lot of fun you can always get this podcast at podbean itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are and uh anyways thanks for listening to my ramblings on the suicide squad tune in next time when we talk about who knows